mic is hot. It's so hot. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are in for a treat today. We actually have two guests, so it's a special show. Uh, before we introduce our guests, I kind of want to go over the day real quick. It was a long one. Uh, for those who don't know, I work for a political talk show, um, and obviously with President Trump's impeachment inquiry uh, today, that was... You know, it's a busy day with with stuff like that. I'm a free thinker, so don't assume where I stand in the politics world. Um, that being said, we're just gonna. I'm actually really, really excited. I got I got some energy back after after that long day of work um, because I get to talk some fantasy with some experts and my bros and Buffalo Dip League members and. Uh, our new guest today is C Dask. He is a DFS boss. He is in how many leagues uh, for best ball? 104. Oh my, 104. That's that's a lot of dough. Uh, Chase, how you doing today? I'm doing good, dude. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Uh, we've we're gonna try to, like I said in the previous podcast, we're gonna try to get as many people on here as possible from the league. Um, and so far, we've knocked out four, counting you. Uh, we also have KMN6 back again for the third time. How are you doing, Kevin? What's up? Yeah, happy to be back. Good, good. Yeah, we're happy to have you back too. Um, Chase, back to you. I just want to know a couple answers, some questions I got for you before we, we jump into the matchups. Um, when did you start Dynasty? So we, let's see, Ralph um, yeah. left the league probably three years ago. Yeah. This is my This is my third year. In the Buffalo Dip League. Right. Kind of going through a little rebuild right now. <laughs> I had a decent team. Didn't love the roster, so started rebuilding. That's so fair. I'm three years into uh, the Buffalo Dip League, and then I'm in three other dynasty leagues that I started up this year. Nice, nice. Uh, well, it's good to have another um, active member, a little more active than Ralph was, even though Ralph was a, was a great Buffalo Dip League member. Um, but it's even better to have you here because you're, I think we've kind of motivated you to put more time into, into fantasy and it's starting to show, um, it's definitely a lot harder to snipe players off your team. Um, and I'm learning a ton from you just from DFS because I have done DFS in the past, but have not been successful. And I think now that I've put a lot of time into it, I can, I can do better and I want to, I want to jump right into it. Um, so you said your team's in a rebuild. How does it look currently? Like, what's your record? And so in the dip league, I'm two and one. Yeah, um, took a took a big L to Kevin last week. Unfortunately, <laughs> had some tough matchups. Kevin went God, off. Kevin's team scored a touchdown on every single opportunity possible. What to do, baby? <laughs> um, so you know, I was really looking to get to three and zero. I have a really easy schedule this year. So kind of before the season, you know, I kind of made a last-second trade with uh, with Kevin that was a little more win-now motivated than it should be with the current state of my roster. Um, but I don't have my own draft pick, um, yeah. so uh, there's really no reason to tank, right? right. So You can always gonna, get picks later, too. Yeah, for sure. uh, and we're early in the season. It's only uh, three weeks through. We got week four coming up. This is where... A lot, a lot, a lot of stuff turns around for people's teams, and it it, it tends to show a little bit more uh, on the outlook of where your team's headed 
um, especially after week four, because I know last year I went 4-0, and then I took a bunch of L's and had to squeak my way into playoffs when I thought I had the best team, I was going to make it in easy. Um, I did make it in, but it was a battle. Um, And I'm going to ask you one more question, and that's uh, do you have a bad trade or good trade that you'd like to discuss on the podcast with us today that you've done in, we can just say, the last year? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll start with the bad trade here. So I'm a big Raiders fan. Mm-hmm. This trade was amidst the Derek Carr MVP mm-hmm. talk mm. season. I had Ezekiel Elliott on my team. Leonard Fournette was a rookie two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I gave up Zeke Elliott mm. for Leonard Fournette and Derek Carr. Yikes. At the time... Oof. It was way, I bought way too much into the Derek Carr hype. I put a little too much of my fandom first. And in my mind, um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that into fantasy football. I didn't understand dynasty values and whatnot. And I mean, to me, it was, I'm, Leonard Fournette is Zeke Elliott. I'm swapping Leonard Fournette, or I'm swapping Zeke for Leonard Fournette and Mm -hmm. getting an MVP quarterback on top. In a two quarterback league too. So, right. You know, no matter what, you're feeling okay about it. It's a steal uh, at the time. Yeah, right. And and also looking at the Zeke holdout for a bit too. You're you're probably thinking, well, I think I came out on top on that trade. Um, but now it's not so much. But I don't think like Zeke hasn't been, you know, standout RB. Yeah, I mean he's still he's still good and still at the top of the list. You talking but, this year? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. I should clarify this year. Gonna say. <laughs> yeah. No, the offense looks great. Zeke is still going to do Zeke things. It's just, it's not number one tier level. Like, you know, what Yet. we're, what we're right. It in, and you're right. It's still very early. And, and that team, I mean, Dallas looks great. They're going to, they're going to make a push for the Super Bowl. I think this year, uh, for sure. They have, they're one of the top teams on my list. And just to add to that, um, kind I learned from my mistake and one tip that I have is, you know, you want to get guys on your team that you like, but you can't let um, you're trying to go after your your favorite players and your favorite teams yeah. really um, kind of shade their value um, sure. towards a higher side. It's yeah. easy to do. Yeah. Very easy. Um, and I know I got you on one of those two. Uh, I'm going to put you on blast here. I'm going to po- point out another bad trade, and that was the Sanders, Miles Sanders and and, and uh, Daryl Henderson in a third-round pick for, for Dalvin Cook, which yeah. – Woof. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. It's like I said, still very early. Things could shift. What's your good trade? My good trade, Kevin. Oh no. I didn't want to have to put you on blast. But <laughs> Bryce blasted just, everybody. Bryce yeah. just blasted me, so I have to respond. <laughs> it's all right. I won't um, blast anybody. Kevin talked about it when he came on the show the first time. It was over a couple beers at a bar. <laughs> oh yeah. I needed a receiver. Oh, no. He needed a running back. Oh no. Straight across. Adam Thielen. Tevin Cole. <laughs> yeah, and I think we actually talked about that the first time we had Kevin on, uh, and and uh, we really focused on that trade because it was bad. But it wasn't. I did entice him to do it. I, I instigated that trade a little bit. I felt like I had a little influence, and I was feeding him drinks too. So that that doesn't help. <laughs> but it's so easy to just look back on stuff. Oh sure. Yeah. Say, yeah yeah yeah. Well, that was a bad trade, but at the time, yeah, was it really? Tevin Coleman going no. into a contract year. Adam Thielen is that right. one good year. To, like, you never to know. respond to your Dalvin Cook, uh, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson trade. The Daryl Henderson hype was outrageous. It was, and I bought way way too into that. Um, I don't think that that hype. I mean. The thing is, Daryl Henderson, yeah, he hasn't done anything yet. But, I mean, Todd Gurley 
isn't getting the ticking time bomb. Yeah, and Malcolm Brown is just a guy. So Daryl Henderson is still good. I think I think there's a lot of people that still believe he's good. Uh, that's just one of those things you're going to have to sit on. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump in the matchups now. Let's do it. Um, I cut out um, where I went right, where I went wrong segment. Um, so you can actually check that out in this next week's article. I can, I'm going to go over some of the bad takes and good takes in the article instead of the pod um, so we can spend more time with three guests talking about uh, – or sorry, two guests talking about uh, our matchups today. Um, and we're going to go ahead and get into the first matchup. We got Philadelphia at Green Bay. Um, I have for a sleeper Nelson Aguilar and MVS. Uh, MVS is actually outplaying Devontae Adams. I don't think that's going to last. But uh, against Philadelphia, I, I mean, I think that you could see another good week from him. He'd be good flex play. Um, and Nelson Aguilar is still – you know, one of the few receivers Philadelphia has left. It seems like that's actually producing. And Alshon's going to be back. So he is still injured, and we know he's also a ticking time bomb. He could just take a bad hit, and bam, he's out again. And it's the Nelson Aguilar show all over. So um, do you guys agree or disagree on those two? Do you have some other sleepers you like for that matchup? I'm all in on MVS um, against Philadelphia. Um, He's actually even in targets with – Devontae Adams, 21 That's to 24. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, Eagles are also torched by McLaurin. They gave up five for 121 and one to McLaurin, um, five for 106 and two touchdowns to Julio, eight for 105 and one to Calvin Ridley, and six for 101 and one to Marvin Jones. So their secondary is definitely uh, vulnerable. Mm. I, I like your question up at the top. Could be a rough game for Carson Wentz. Yeah. We've seen this offensive line struggle already. They're out with all these receivers. They're coming back from injury, things like that. You could easily see Alshon right. uh, go out in the first quarter and, and re-aggravate that injury. And, and same with Jaws. Same with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. He's probably not going to play. It's Nelson right. Aguilar in the case of the drops that this Philadelphia offense sure. is going through. I just don't have any faith in the team that everybody was buying in on early in the year, especially against this Green Bay defense, which looks like one of the best in the league. Exactly. I was about to I was about to say that the the Packers defense is shocking to people. I mean, they drafted well and those players are producing now. And uh, I think we're finally seeing a little bit of a turnaround there. Um, the only thing is their offense needs to pick it up a little bit. And obviously it seems to me that there's some controversy between Rodgers and LaFleur, but we don't know. I mean, it's just kind of what we're going off of based off of what we're seeing here. Um, but I am, I'm sitting now, Sean. I think that's an easy play. Sure. Um, I know a lot of people are going to probably want to play him now that he's back, especially since there isn't a whole lot there catching the, uh, catching the ball. But um, I'm also sitting Aaron Jones. It's just because, look, he had a great week um, last week, and uh, I just – Actually, I take that back. It wasn't so great. I'm thinking of week two. He was saved by touchdowns. He was week. saved mm-hmm. by touchdowns. I'm thinking of week two when he, he kind of did what I think people were hoping he would do. Sure. And I think I think this is just, I mean, the, for whatever reason, they like Jamal Williams or they want to use him. And I, I just, it's weird because I want to I wanna go out and get Aaron Jones, but at the same time, he just seems like this fringy guy that should be a starter, but now people are considering him as more of a flex option. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys have any other sits? That you... I'm sitting Aaron Jones as well. Um, he was outsnapped in week. He was actually outsnapped in week three by Jamal Williams, sixty-one percent to thirty-nine percent. Mm. So, that's... what is going on in Green Bay? What's mm-hmm. the right. floor doing? Yeah, that's that's a significant amount. Um, and I think I think it's just easy to to sit those two guys. I think those ones are are chalk for sits. 
uh, going on. We got New England at Buffalo. Uh, sleeper, I got James White. He's coming back, and Frank Gore, who's been a beast for the for the for the Bills. But I like James White in this game a, a lot. I know it's a tough Buffalo defense, but Sony hasn't hasn't looked particularly great. And I think uh, with how good Rex actually did last week, I think James White is is now that he's back, um, he's gonna he's really gonna he's really gonna break uh, break the the seal on that flex play. Chase and I were kind of talking about it on the right over, looking at a DFS perspective and stacking guys and what you kind of want to do, quarterback, receiver, sure. running back, or tight end. And this is one of those games that's oddly kind of appealing for DFS. Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and James White. I love the James White yeah. play here because this is a dink and dunk offense for sure. most of what it does against a defense that wants you to throw the ball down the field, right? The Buffalo defense has been superb when guys are airing it out and throwing deep downfield. Tom Brady's not going to do that. Tom Brady's going to play his game. He's going to get it in the red zone with his playmakers like Edelman, like James White, and those are the guys that are going to score touchdowns in this game too. I think they ground and pound with Burkhead and, and Sony Michelle to set it up, but in the end, James White and Julian Edelman are, are probably due for big days against a really good defense. Yeah, I like the Julian Edelman pick too. I mean, every week I, I'm always kind of like, eh, I don't Fighting know. Fighting through injury, you never know. But Yeah, but he's still, when he gets on the field, he's, I mean, he's obviously Tom Brady's number one guy. Uh, and it's not Josh Gordon. Maybe later down the road that might be the guy for Tom, but mm-hmm. at, at the moment I think it's going to be Edelman all year long as long as he's on the field. Um, and for the sits, we're just kind of going back. Sonny Michelle is our sit. Sure. Um, I know that's going to be hard for people to not want to put him in the lineups, but I don't know. I, I just don't like what I'm seeing so far, and I'm not I'm not sold on him. And I'm actually also sitting John Brown uh, because I think uh, being that he's the only receiver there, you probably he's probably getting Gilmore this week. If you're sitting uh, John Brown, I'm also sitting the guy who's thrown him the ball and Josh mm-hmm. Allen. I'm a Josh Allen owner. Um, he's obviously known to be erratic at some points. He has three interceptions and one fumble so far in three weeks. Um, and the Patriots D is number one in sacks in the NFL. They have 13, and they're also number one in interceptions with six. So also sitting Josh Allen. And Stephon Gilmore putting the clamps on the top yeah. receiver there. It's going to be a rough day for Josh Allen. Uh, it's in Buffalo, but that's never really seemed to phase the Patriots. So. No, not at all. All right. Uh, after that one, we got Tennessee at Atlanta. Um, I'm I'm starting Delaney Walker and Austin Hooper, both tight ends, really good tight ends right now. Uh, Delaney Walker looks to be the only passing option for Tennessee. Uh, Austin Hooper is just under the radar, I think, for a lot of people's lineups. I think Austin Hooper is a great DFS play. Uh, this in this matchup um, and I just I, I'm I'm just really sold on both of these guys I'm buying into it um, I've maybe Walker is just the only guy there at the moment that Marcus likes throwing to um, and, but as for Austin Hooper I mean he consistently is going for you know 50 60 yards and, and finding the end zone quite a bit every week and that's that is plenty enough for a tight end start um, do you guys have any sleepers for that matchup besides those two that I pointed out? I'm with you on Austin Hooper. Uh, yeah. He's coming off two touchdowns last two touchdowns, week. Tennessee's yep. given up three touchdowns in three weeks yeah. um, to the tight ends that they faced. So Perfect. I love that. Love that. Um, for the sit, I'm sitting everybody uh, but Derrick Henry and uh, Delaney Walker, like I said earlier, and I'm also sitting Devontae Freeman. Even though he had a pretty decent week, uh, I was pretty decent when I say that, I just mean – you know, 16 rushes for 88 yards, three catches for uh, seven yards. Um, it'll get the job done in flex, 
but it's just it's just not it's just not the level we're look, we're looking for out of Devonte Freeman, especially since he was getting some hype in the off season to come back and be the old Devonte Freeman we all you know know and love. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with the sits. You on the same spot there? Um, I have another obvious one, but I kind of just want to rip this guy a little bit because sure. I have a lot of shares of him in mm. uh, in best ball. Obviously, we're sitting Corey Davis. Yeah. Um, he's sixth in receiving yards on the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's not good. And and uh, he's almost a drop candidate yeah. in seasonal leagues. Like, you go out and get DJ Chark or mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin last week. Um, I don't know if you're dropping him for them – or, sorry, dropping Corey Davis for them. But, you know, at this point – And you'd way rather play A.J. Brown. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. just for the upside. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. If you were to play, right? Yeah, and 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 the question I have on the show sheet is: Is Delaney the, the only guy in Tennessee? It's just it, for now, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Quickly back to Austin Hooper. Yeah, uh, over the years, he's steadily improved. Right, the snap shares increased, yeah. the targets have increased, and the yards and the touchdowns with that. That's year four for him, and, and an offense still young. that's explosive. He's explosive. He's young. He's on the field all the time. He's a great blocker. Yeah. So I like him in the red zone. I really like him in this matchup, especially with the week that we saw last week from Calvin Ridley. Agreed. Agreed. I think Cal- we'll get we'll get into that a little bit. Like, I think Calvin Ridley is a he's a start. No matter what, he's going to be a start. I know he had a bad week last week, but um, I think he's still he's still worthy of the flex spot, even against Tennessee. Still good defense. Uh, they get out ahead early. I mean. I still think they're going to be throwing. Mm-hmm. I just think Matt Ryan's uh, been doing great, but uh, they like to throw. Uh, Cleveland at Baltimore. Uh, I'm playing Baker Mayfield in this matchup. I think that's surpri- that would surprise some people, and obviously Mark Ingram. Now, I like Baker Mayfield in this matchup because of what the – it's just going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be another one of those games um, where it might be similar to Casey. Obviously, Mahomes is better than Baker, but – but Baker needs a bounce back week. He needs it. He needs it. He need, he needs it. If Baltimore gets out ahead, that means Baker's throwing the ball. And I, I mean, at some point, this offense has to turn around, right? Am I wrong there? I mean, this is the game that they need for it to pop. If it is a shootout, Cleveland better hope the Browns figure it out because yeah. if they don't and it's a shootout, it's going to get ugly quick. The play calling has been weird. They're not getting the ball to the right guys at the right times. Everything seems to be really long developing deep routes, which has never been Baker's game, even at college. Or He's Jarvis's. hitting the midfield right. Or Odell's for a lot of it. Get the guy the ball. Sure, he can make the crazy catches. We all know it. We've yeah. seen it before. And the deep routes, and, and that's kind of what faded him out in New York too. Too much downfield stuff that Odell doesn't need to beat a guy one-on-one every time downfield yeah. 15 yards. He needs that quick hitch. He needs that quick out route. And he needs the drag that he's not getting in Cleveland, and he needs to. Yeah. And they really need to get something going here too quick. Their schedule coming up is nasty. So they play Baltimore this week. They go to the Niners next week, 3-0, nasty defense. Yeah. Um, Seahawks. Yeah. Um, and then they're at the Patriots, at the Broncos, and against the Bills. Yeah, no, that's – those are some bad matchups. If I have Baker, I'm maybe not starting him. I'm not as ambitious as you this week. If it is a week, it is yeah. this week to pop, and then you go through this rough stretch, keep him. Yeah, Hang on to him because after that, it gets really easy. When you're looking at that playoff run, if you can maybe go get Daniel Jones and play him this week or another quarterback, after that long stretch that Chase just talked about, week 11, Pittsburgh, 12's Miami, 
at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, right for your playoff run. And and that looks really, really good on paper now. We'll see what the Browns look like then and if you're even in that spot if you've had him. Yeah. But it looks good uh, for that last stretch of the year. I love the foresight on that because I, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think this – I believe this offense is going to turn around. Yeah. And when they do – it's going to be pop. It has to, right? It has, it has to. to. <laughs> I put too much money on this offense for it to not pop. Um, I, I think they just need to get these guys in some space sure. and let them do do some things. That's what they do. Um, I lo- I really like Mark Ingram, though. Um, I've been sleeping on him all year. I slept on him all offseason because I, I did want to buy into the Justice Hill hype. Uh, and, and honestly, Mark Ingram's proving to be uh, a good, phenomenal flex play. Bryce is saying this as there's a tear running down my face right now for <laughs> Justice Hill. Yeah, you have plenty of Justice, Justice Hill, don't you? Too much. Uh, for the sits, um, we've got I was, we're sitting Jarvis again, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sitting Mark Andrews because I don't know what this injury is going to do uh, for him uh, fantasy production-wise. It just uh, anytime a tight end gets hurt early in the season, it it just always lingers around because it's a, it's just a tough position to stay healthy at. It's a foot injury too. Big guy trying to put a lot of weight on his foot. Yeah, don't know what you're going to expect. A lot of a lot of opportunity has been going towards his way. So you know if if that continues, I can't I can't see. I mean, who knows? I'm not a doctor. You know, I can't tell you a foot injury is going to hold him back for the rest of the year, but. Um, for it to be this early, uh, I think I think it's just a safe play if you can find another tight end to play. Could I make one more uh, yeah. sleeper input here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those who know me, this won't surprise many, but can you guys guess? Here we go. Hollywood Brown. <laughs> yeah. Here's I see why. It. Okay. I love this case. Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams both have not been practicing. As of today, they did not participate in practice either. They're both nursing either a hammy or a quad injury. Okay. Um. He has 22 targets the last two weeks um, in his hog rate. So his hog rate basically is how many targets are you getting per snap. Um, He's number five in the NFL in hog rate, and he's number four in the NFL in deep targets. And so, you know, what secondary is is Cleveland going to throw out there? Who knows? But Mm -hmm. I think it favors Hollywood Brown. That's totally fair. Um, And and if Mark Andrews isn't healthy, like like we've been talking about, um, that leaves Brown. At least Brown is the only option. Uh, next, we got Casey at Detroit. Um, sleeper, Miko Hardman and Matt Stafford. I love Matt Stafford in this game. Love, love, love Matt Stafford. If you have Matt Stafford, try to get him in your lineup because they are going to be playing from behind in this matchup. Um, and Miko Hardman, until Tyree kills out, you got to play Miko. Don't buy into the Demarcus Robinson, even though he's good. Don't buy into it yet. He's not, he's not, he's a third guy, fourth guy on the team. Uh, counting Travis Kelsey. So Mikul's their their burner. He went two for 97 and a touchdown, one carry for seven yards. It's a safe play. He's going to he's going to get the the uh, air yards and 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 that's gonna it's gonna show up on your on your lineup. Um, for the sits, I'm sitting all KCRBs and sitting TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson one is a is strange because I, I I said Matt Stafford's going to be your your sleeper quarterback start, but Hawkinson. Um, I feel like they want to use him a lot as a blocker. He could he could definitely go off in this game. Totally, totally think that's possible. I think it's a bounce back week for Kenny Galladay. I think it's another big week for Marvin Jones. Um, and carry on is going to be involved in that as well. It's just a lot to go around for a guy like Matt Stafford, even though the matchup's favorable. I'll say this about the KC running backs, and I'm actually helping somebody at work with this predicament too, because he's got, of course, Damian Williams. Um, he's got LaShawn McCoy. 
And he's got the what's the last Williams? Sorry, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. I was want to say Jamal, but what there's about so Darwin many Williams Thompson? right now. <laughs> I mean, Darwin Thompson throw him in the mix too. So he goes out and gets um, Daryl Williams as well. And what I'm saying is, wait until Sunday. See where we're at with these injuries. How's Shady's ankle? Where are we at with Damian Williams? I know they're going through injuries and stuff. And Daryl Williams only had nine carries. What do you have? Like 67 yards and had five catches for another yeah. 40. I mean, he had like 15 fantasy points in the PPR yeah. format. You wait until Sunday, and if one of those two backs is out and I'm in that situation where I have all three to pick from, I'm playing Daryl Williams because in this game against the Detroit defense, it's not looked that great. Mahomes can make anybody look good. He's going to be bombing the ball down the field. If they get up in this game, it's going to be a running show all day for KC, and that's where I like any running back that's starting in this team's lineup. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, Next, we got Carolina at Houston. Sleeper, Curtis Samuel and Will Fuller. Uh, I really like Curtis Samuel. I think Kyle Allen really likes Curtis yeah. Samuel now that Kyle Allen's going to be the starter for, for an extended period of time. Um, but uh, Will Fuller has not has not really shown out much. I think that this might be finally the opportunity Will Fuller gets to, to burst back on the scene to deserve a spot in your flex. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, well, uh, since there's nothing, nothing from Chase. <laughs> apparently, he doesn't like these guys. Maybe it's because they're they were both at one point on my team. Big Curtis Samuel fan, I, I am, um, and I think that that is going to be a solid play against a Houston team that throws the ball a lot, scores points. It's just a game of catch up. As long as uh, Carolina, um, I don't know. It depends on how Kyle Allen looked, but he looked good last week. And uh, I don't think this Houston's defense um, is as good as it once used to be. As obviously they traded Clowney away, so so I do actually have an answer for this. Okay. Hey. There we go. Kyle Allen loves Greg Olson. Yeah, he I does. So Greg, he, Olson. Greg Olson had seven targets um, from Kyle Allen. Uh, Curtis Samuel had seven, and DJ Moore, who had twenty-two targets in the first two games from Cam Newton, he yeah. had two from Kyle Allen. Interesting. I don't think that that's going to be the same for this game, though. Like, I I know. Uh, the question here is Kyle Kyle Allen looks legit. Is DJ Moore still number one in Carolina? It kind of uh, yeah. I mean, I Kurt, feel like it's Greg Olson. It should be right now, it especially is. with Kyle Allen. Yeah, yeah. He loves his tight. I think Curtis Samuel oh, and Kyle yeah. Allen's going to be just just great, and I think Greg Olson is a top five tight end right now. Oh, it's gross. It is gross. This guy, like you, you've talked about it on the pod. He looks like Gronk when he Gronk does. retired. I mean, he just looks stiff as a board. He doesn't move the same way. He still makes some great. He's got great hands. I mean, yeah. he can still catch the ball. He just, but you kind of wish it was Ian Thomas for Dallas. Uh, yeah, just really an really You want Ian an Thomas athlete in that spot yeah. with a quarterback that's yeah. looking for the safety valve that then can turn it into something. Right. And Greg Olson just seems like the guy's going to catch it, and that's all he's getting. And, and watch him rip off like a sixty yard yeah. this weekend just to shove it in my face. Of but, course. I don't know. I had a team play against me a couple weeks ago on. When Greg Wilson played on Thursday night yeah. and had the huge week, uh, who they play the Bucks? Yeah, and it was, it was two touchdowns, mm-hmm. two touchdown night, huge night, twenty something points, whatever. Yeah, and they picked him up and started him. Going, have you seen Greg Olson physically? I mean, he looks horrible running down the field, and then he just lights it up. So, I mean, yeah, he, he, Kyle Allen loves him, and I don't really see why. But it, again, it's that safety blanket yeah. for a young quarterback. Greg Olson's seemingly always open. I love it because I have a ton of Greg Olson this year, and like. Over seventy-five percent of my leagues, so wow. I will take it uh, as as long as he can run. Um, the sits, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde. God, I don't even think we need to go any farther. I think that that is that that's enough. Like, there's no, 
to me, in this matchup, there's not a lot of sits. And if you're going to sit anybody, you're going to sit two running backs who, um, I mean, last week did nothing. Uh, but Carlos Hyde was good the week before that. It doesn't matter. These these guys, I don't think, are going to be super relevant, and you're going to have better plays at flex. I hate Duke Johnson. Okay, <laughs> let, let me tell I hate the Houston Texans. And what doesn't make sense to me, Kevin and I were talking about this, they gave up a third-round pick to acquire Duke Johnson. A third-round pick. That's like a David Montgomery, right? Yeah. The last two weeks, Duke Johnson has played basically 50% of the snaps. He has eight carries and two catches. For, for a running back that they gave up, a third round pick four, and Carlos Hyde is playing in front of him, who was cut, who's gonna get cut from the Chiefs. I who almost, have four running backs. I almost feel like Jordan Howard would be perfect for the Texans. Just yeah. a guy that runs up the field and forward, and yeah. that's all they need. All right. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh Oakland at <clears throat> Oakland at Indianapolis. Um sleeper, Darren Waller. Not really a sleeper not anymore. Not anymore. Not well, even sir. a sleeper. Um and uh Paris Campbell. Uh, given that T.Y. isn't playing in this game, Paris Campbell's in for a big week. Uh, what do you think? Um, back to Darren Waller really quick. Obviously, Derek Carr doesn't really have anyone to throw it to. Um, Darren Waller's number one in the NFL in tight end target share. So he's actually at 30.2%. Second um, is George Kittle at 24.7%, which is that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's a good start for Darren Waller. Um, and I didn't realize he was. We were talking about this last night. Twenty-seven years old. Mm-hmm. It's not old for tight end. Is that's like, that's like right around the breakout age for that position. Um, it just I didn't even think at yeah, all that he it's was. It's interesting that old. to think about too, because you know I we were talking a tr- uh, Darren Waller trade last yeah. night. Bryce and I were, um, and you know he was kind of on the way out when he figured out he was twenty-six years old. But I was thinking like. You know, he hasn't really played for right for two yeah. years. There's he's got kind of the wear and tear of somebody who's 24, right? Not yeah. 26. And I don't know if you count doesn't even the look, amount of drugs that were in he his looked, body. He as, looks as like he's 21. Yeah, he doesn't even look yeah. 27. 27? Are you kidding me? Um, I'll say this about Paris Campbell quickly. He's been targeted five times this season. He's had five receptions. Uh, the way they use him are these short intermediate routes, and that's what maybe people were going, oh, that's all he's going to be able to run. That's all he did at Ohio State where drags yeah. and just yeah. be open. Nobody can cover you. Now do we get to see him in a T.Y. role? Now I do we get to see him bomb so. the field? Yeah. Perfect, perfect opportunity to break out for Paris Campbell. Exactly. It looks like it should be fun. They're going to see what they got with him. And uh, I do want T.Y. to play, uh, but but it would be nice to see a little more Paris Campbell just to see you know what, what this guy can do in, in, in some space. Um, sitting Josh Jacobs and Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, Jacoby couldn't could honestly be a good start. Uh, I don't think he's that bad of a sit candidate, but I, I, I'm assuming most people in leagues have a better quarterback to play. And uh, Josh Jacobs, like the groin injury, like I, I think that that might be the biggest issue here. I don't think it's that because he's bad. He's not bad. I think he's just got a groin injury tough for a running back. Like It's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Obviously, they drafted him in the first round. Um, and he's their bell cow, three down back. But the last two weeks against the Chiefs and uh, the Colts um, in the negative game scripts, he's he's basically not even been on the field. Jalen Richard's out there. I think um, Josh Jacobs was out there for under 50% of the snaps oh, wow. in the games where, where the Raiders are losing. So 
interesting to see what they do with him there. I saw yeah. this week that Gruden said they want to get him more touches. Yeah. Um, and obviously they should. You know, you spent a first-round pick on him and if yeah. he's your bell cow, you got to feed him. Yeah. Yeah, and the offense isn't clicking as no. well as they're hoping for. Um, let's just keep going here. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers against Miami Dolphins. Sleeper Mike Williams and Preston Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Preston, Preston Williams is the only guy on the Dolphins offense. We've gone over this uh, last week. Um, so we don't really need to dive into the Dolphins because that's it. There's, I mean, you're sitting everyone else. Um, but for the Chargers, we got to find someone. So Mike Williams hasn't been phenomenal. He's been dealing with that uh, knee injury. And uh, I think, you know, against Miami, like one guy I think is going to go off in this game. Obviously, I think it's still Keenan Allen. Um, I think Austin Eckler probably has a good shot at it too. Um, but but I want to believe Mike Williams has got a shot in this game. I like Mike Williams in this because maybe the Dolphins' whole game plan is don't let Keenan Allen beat us. How right. hard is that? I mean, nearly impossible with yeah. all the targets we've seen this year. And Chase will get more into that here in a second. But I think if you've got Austin Eckler, you're terrified with the breaking news today that Melvin Gordon's coming back. This is yeah. your last chance to play Austin Eckler in a secure top five running back role. After this, does he fall outside the top 20, top 25 for Melvin Gordon, who's going to come back on the team? So um, it's a great week to play Austin Eckler, obviously, as every week has been up to this point. But if you're an Austin Eckler owner and you got him late in drafts, um, you're not feeling so hot with Melvin Gordon coming back. No. Yeah. Uh, a couple of nuggets here. Um, if you're super desperate for maybe a flex play or a receiver play, um, Preston Williams in week three, he played a hundred percent of the offensive snaps. It looks like he has a little chemistry going with Josh Rosen. Um, and another crazy stat, he ran 40 routes in that game and he got 12. <sighs> targets. So in 40. a game against the chargers where, I mean, it's basically going to be all year where the, the dolphins are going to be getting hammered Yeah, and the doll, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, he's out there a hundred percent of the time and he's running a lot of routes and Rosen likes him. Yeah. I still don't know. I like Preston Williams a lot. I just don't – it's just not enough. Yeah. It's not going to be enough. Yeah. You're just going to bank on them opinion. only going to him every week. Okay. So, uh, up next, Washington at uh, the Giants. Um, sleeper, Chris Thompson and Daniel Jones. And I actually love these sleepers. I think these two make the most sense out of the majority of the matchups we're going to go over today. Uh, Chris Thompson looks like the running back in Washington that they want to use the most over AP, um, at least until hopefully maybe guys comes back uh, later on in the season. Uh, last week, seven for 29 on the ground, four for 79 through the air. That's going to get the job done. And against the Giants, I think there's a good, really good chance that he he deserves a, a flex start in, in most lineups if you, if you have him sitting there and you're really debating about who to play. I think this is a very favorable matchup for Chris. I, I like Chris Thompson a lot. The catches, obviously, are, are what make him great. Yeah. And, uh, what he's able to do in space, you see that he has that kind of take the top off factor to him, too. You know, if you're yeah. on a wheel route or something like that, he's, he's got great speed. But um, I'm looking at this matchup from a week four by week perspective. And if I've got Le'Veon Bell, I want Chris Thompson playing yeah. in, in there. Love the, that. the Jets are on a buy or five. Matt Breida, if I, if yeah. I'm a, I got the Niners. They're on by this week as well. Chris Thompson's a perfect play yeah. to throw in there. You know, it looks like it could be kind of a shootout. Case Keenum is like a top five quarterback in fantasy this year, despite last week against the Bears. And Daniel Jones lit it up last week. So, you know, maybe it could be some fireworks in a matchup that we saw earlier in the season as a snoozer. With uh, Case Keenum kind of slinging the ball around, 
Um, one sleeper, obviously, that you got to have is Terry McLaurin. Yeah. He's got yeah, a 95% yeah. snap share. He's averaging eight targets a game. And oh, the Giants goodness. secondary just got absolutely torched by Mike Evans. And, uh, well, I, did Chris Godwin? No. No. Yeah. Chris so, Godwin had a couple so, catches. I think four for 40. Right. So uh, Mike Evans torched him. Um, yeah. No. Uh, McLaurin's only re- – well – I don't want to say the only receiving option because obviously Paul Richardson looked pretty good last week. It's one week. Terry McLaurin has been very, very consistent, and uh, I'm I'm debating about playing him this week in my flex just because I know what I'll have with him, um, and he's got a touchdown in every every game he's played this year, and uh, that that uh, looks pretty good on a lineup. Are you guys slightly interested to see what Wayne Gallman does? Um, so I actually have Wayne Gallman in the sit with AP. Um, I think they want to unleash Daniel Jones, and I think they want to they want to see everything that they can. They're just going to want to show him off at this point. They they're tired of the crap they were they were getting all off season, and he's had one start against uh, a mediocre defense with the Bucks, and uh, he looked great. And I think Washington's the a similar type of team. The defense they're just going to want to they're just going to want to show him off in this game and see what they got. Um, going forward, we got Seattle at Arizona. Um, Will Disley is my sleeper start and Christian Kirk. I know Kevin's going to love the Will Disley sleeper. Will Disley looks good guys. Um, and they just traded away Nick Vanette to the Steelers. So I think the, 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 the story's written itself with this. Um, does, I'm going to ask Kevin this directly. Is Will Disley legit or is he just a guy? Is Will Disley good? good. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's really good. And I think he's really good mainly, largely in fact, because of Russell Wilson. And what he likes to do in the red zone. He's, he's looking for Will Disley. He's not looking for DK. I mean, occasionally, you saw last week against the Saints, uh, he found Lockett on that post route, kind of a double move thing. Um, but he's looking for Disley. And Disley's on the field a ton uh, in games that he's been healthy. He either has, I think the crazy stat was like over 75 yards receiving or two touchdowns in every game that he's played. It's one of the two. Yeah. So you're getting great production from a tight end. If you're yep. in a PPR league, that's four or five catches with those yards and those touchdowns. You could be looking at a 20, 25-point week. Um, Will Disley's huge. And against this Cardinals defense that has struggled, I think they're the worst team against tight ends they're, this season. They've uh, given up an average of 29 points per game to I mean, wow. fantasy tight ends. Come on. That's so a lot. Yeah. If you're in DFS, obviously a sleeper. If you, you know, super cheap, don't know what to do for a tight end this week. If you don't have Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, some of those other guys, or maybe you, you lost Mark Andrews to injury and you're kind of, you don't know what to do with him. You're, you're shaky about it. Will Disley, go pick him up. Yeah. One of my favorite DFS stacks this week is. Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and Will Disley. Will Disley is um, 5,400 on FanDuel. So um, he's super cheap, and it's a really good stack against a Cardinals defense that is going to give up uh, yards to the air. Talk about shootout this game. I think so too, Um, which leads me to the next point is I'm sitting Chris Carson. I know that sounds weird. Um I don't know, man. Like Chris Carson is probably starting uh, because Seattle could run up the score, and they they they're gonna want to run the rest of this game out. But something I just I, something stinks. Something stinks, and I think it's Chris Carson. I think it's Chris Carson. Yep. I think it was a matter of time. Um, we're start. I mean, he had the fumble. Everyone's starting to say he has a fumble problem now. Um, but you know, uh, he's just not a guy I love. And I think that there are some other players that you most likely have on your roster that have some higher upside. 
um, than Chris Carson this week against Arizona. Now, I, I want to hear what Kevin has to say about that because I think he's going to disagree with me. But um, I, I think the uh, CJ Procise is starting to get involved a little bit. I have no idea what uh, if Rashad Penny's playing. I think he's out. I think he's hurt right he's now. Yeah. So it's really just Chris Carson and CJ Procise. And Chris Carson, I mean, every week he, he shows up, except for last week, it wasn't too good. So uh, is this uh, telling of what's to come with Chris Carson? This will be a game where CJ Procise goes for. 10 carries, 85 yards, six catches for, you know, another 90 and a touchdown. And everybody goes, oh, there's a changing of the guard. Hmm. It's not. Because Procise will get hurt later on this season. He's had an injury problem his entire career. We've already seen the injuries with Rashad Penny. And Pete Carroll came out after the game and said, Chris Carson's still our guy. You know, we're still going to have faith and and plug this guy full of carries. Despite the fumbles and despite being down in most of that game, still had 15 carries. And mm-hmm. they're like throwing him the ball too. So I like sitting him maybe this week in a game that's going to be a shootout, throwing to a lot of wide receivers. But Chris Carson's not dead yet. I think he's a little bit of a risky play this week because what happens if if they trot him out there and he coughs up another fumble totally. or another yeah or, or another two? Is he is he done for the game? Do they, does he ride the bench and they just ride process oh, out and what of, could be a shootout kind of against like Arizona? Well, that's what it was like last week against New Orleans. Is you know they had him back in the game, but they were throwing the whole time after that. I mean, he was in there to block because he's a better pass blocker than process. I mean, he's just a bigger guy. But the struggles and the fumbles, four already this season in three weeks. Yeah. And I think I think uh, possessions are really, really important for Seattle just with their type of game plan. And, it starts uh, so slow, though. Yeah. I mean, if Carson rips off a big run early, then it could be the opposite well, game And script. I think that that's kind of that's what I'm getting at here, too, is like you're going to want the ball in Russ's hands. And so... You would think. You would. Unless your name is... Brian Schottenheimer. True. <laughs> but are, are the wheels kind of starting to turn in Seattle where they're going to be a little? It's just only because they're playing from behind. True. I mean, uh, we've been saying unleash, unleash Russell for how long now? Yeah, and we've finally seen he, it for two of the three weeks this he year. He threw 20 passes in week one, 35 in week two, and 50 in week three. So he's going, I'm not saying he's going to throw 65 passes against, Seahawks are in Seattle, but. Five in games where he throws 40 or more. Wow. That's crazy. That's nuts. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, at the Rams. Um, this is one of my favorite matchups of the week just because I, I'm just a Tampa Bay homer for whatever reason. I just love the offense. I love the guys on the offense outside the running backs. Um, sleeping on – sorry, not sleeping on him. He's my sleeper start at tight end, O.J. Howard, three for 66. I think, I think we're starting to come around on O.J. Howard. He wasn't great the first few weeks, and now he's finally jumping onto the scene. At any point, it could just be the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin show. I think that's going to be the majority of the year. But uh, against the Rams, I mean, they're going to have some some good corners on on our boys here, and it might open up the field for O.J. Howard. Um, and then I'm sitting Todd Gurley and Robert Woods. Um, Cooper Cup looks like the number one guy, 1A to 1B with Brandon Cooks, and I think Robert Woods is starting to dip below both of them in fantasy just because I would rather own one of those other two guys, and Todd Gurley just isn't getting enough for me. Another set that I have is Ronald Jones. Um, he's coming yeah. off of a boom week, but he's still getting outsnapped by uh, Peyton Barber. And Gross. Ronald Jones, is he, he does nothing in the passing game. And in a game where, uh, you know, on the road at at L.A., they're, uh, the Bucks are 10-point road dogs, and with – Ronald Jones having basically no pass, passing game involvement, I, you know, where's the volume there for him? Not looking for that in PPR uh, base formats. So, 
How Guess pumped them? are you to have the Rams D and DFS too? Yes. I mean, they're that's one that's, that's sneaky good. It's not going to be the Chargers against the uh, the Dolphins. It's not going to be New England uh, against Buffalo. Two of those defenses that are going way, way, way too much. I mean, we've we've seen what because they're teams, matchups, right? Exactly. But this one against a team that maybe is going to have a lot of yards, the Bucks, they're going to have a lot of turnovers. Too. I didn't think about the L.A. Rams being a good DFS play. Absolutely. I think that there's a good chance Jameis Winston turns his ball there, over. There are values there, too, for him. If you don't want to spend on the Chargers playing the Dolphins or the Patriots playing the Bills, um, I think those are both. Uh, the Chargers are 5,300. The Patriots are uh, 5,000. And then the the Rams are 3,700. Mm-hmm. So, huge, wow. huge value. Yeah. I, really quickly. Yeah. It's hilarious. We love the Bucks offense. And we also love the Rams defense yeah. in this matchup. Like only in today's NFL, right? Right. It's, yeah. It's, it makes it fun, though. Yeah. It the, depends on what what Jameis are you going to get. This is why I love this uh, matchup. And, and bad and, one. And Todd Gurley's <laughs> RB twenty five on the season. I don't see it getting any higher, like a whole lot higher, if if he does improve. It, it just does as the season goes on. How much wear and tear is, is quote unquote building up in that knee? I just don't. It's his management load. It's just not enough. It's not enough, and um, you're not going to sit Todd Gurley. I understand that, but if you have the better option, I'd go for it. Like Mark Ingram. Mm -hmm. Mark Ingram would be a much better play than Todd Gurley. Uh, Minnesota at Chicago is next. Sleeper, uh, Adam Thielen and David Montgomery. Adam Thielen's really the only sleeper I want to put on on this for the Vikings because Dalvin Cook is obviously beast-moding, and and David Montgomery I think is finally – is finally getting over that hill of of opportunity um, where he where he he's um, you know he went thirteen for sixty seven last week on the ground and three for fourteen through the air and I think that that is going to be more consistent than what we see from David Montgomery. Yeah, we hope with David Montgomery, but the play calling there is it's just wacky, man. man. It's so bad. We How just, many times is Cordell Patterson going to line up at quarterback and run a QB power? Yeah, makes you want to throw cap. up every, every time you see it. Back too. to basics, please, Nagy. Like it's just so frustrating to watch, and and doesn't help Trubisky out at all either. Like if he had a solid run game and one that was accountable and and could get them yards consistently, like David Montgomery can. Mitch Trubisky would be a much better quarterback than what he is. I think this is why they're using guys like Corderell Patterson and and everybody on that personnel and offense. It's because Mitch Trubisky is actually really bad, and it and they're just trying to mix get, it up. They're trying to mix it up, yeah. get creative, so that I they guess. can fool defenses. But no one's fooled. Everyone knows what the real <laughs> deal is. You'd like to see Mitch in just a normal offense though, and see how bad he actually is. Like I want to see straight up from the eye, like thirty percent of the time. They've just committed to him for I too know. long. It's bad. It's, it's so only sad. they had three Taylor. Gabriel's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he had a good week too. Um, sitting Stefan Diggs, I think that's a given at this point. Um, Kevin had mentioned something today. I did not hear about that. Uh, Diggs might be um, looking to play somewhere else. Uh, Kevin, you want to build off that a little bit? Yeah, I'm trying to go back and and find the sure. tweet and, and the that's text fine. and stuff. That I can I pitch well, in here. While, yeah, go uh, for it. Yeah. While, while you're digging, big, big, big sit on Stefan Diggs. Obviously, put, playing the Bears D. Stephon Diggs has 12 targets in three weeks. That's not He's good. averaging about four targets a week. Um, this will make Kevin happy. Um, like in, to, uh, in comparison, Christian Kirk has 32 targets yeah. in the three weeks. He's number three in the, in the NFL. And kind of the interesting there, thing there is I'm big on metrics, and I use player profiler. Christian Kirk's comp. Hmm. Stefan Diggs. Yeah. No. Uh, here's the tweet, and Diggs tweeted it earlier this afternoon, Jeremiah 29-11. And that 
basically is saying, like, God has a plan greater than what you're in right now. And he said earlier, God is so good, and, like, he's wanting He's frustrated. He's frustrated. He's a top receiver in this league. We know it. We've seen it from him in yeah. the past. And an offense that's explosive and throws the ball and gets a bit to him in space, he can run any route on the route tree. He's one of the best players in the NFL, in my mind, and he's being held back from an offense that's now ground and pound, run the ball a ton, and Dalvin Cook is reaping the benefits from that. Yeah. Yeah. Where do, where do you want him to go? Oh, that's a good spot. I would love to see, I would hate it, but I'd also love to see him in Seattle. Hmm. Interesting. Th- see, but they're they're the same team. Like he would go to the same team that doesn't no, want to throw. No, I don't think so because I think <laughs> with I think the worst we were running back about, situation. We were just talking about them playing from behind a lot, and and I think that the last week is a if as long I I haven't looked that far down the Seattle schedule. Sure. However, I think that they're gonna have to they're gonna have to throw, man. They're See, just, but they're not gonna admit that. They're not gonna. They're admit not that. gonna admit it, but they're still gonna show that on the field, right? They did last week. Agreed. I totally agree. But Pete Carroll. John Schneider and Brian Schottenheimer aren't going to admit that they're going to throw the ball. They're not going to admit that they're no. going to be down in games. They think they're going to be ahead in games. That's yeah. what their game plan is. This whole season is built around running the ball well and their offensive line. Jermaine Effetti is like a, a PFF grade of like 12 this year, and he's still <laughs> their right tackle. Right. It's just baffling. So uh, Stephon Diggs, yeah, he would be great to the Seattle offense if they were throwing 50 times a game like they did sure. last week, but they don't think they will. I don't know where he goes then. I would love to see him in Baltimore. <sighs> They have Hollywood. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, uh, I also sat Taylor Gabriel. We're not moving on quite yet. Yeah. Taylor Gabriel sit. Taylor. It's just it's just what? one week. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. I had the number one uh, DFS lineup on FanDuel. I was winning about a grand until Taylor Gabriel decided went to go for off three for three touchdowns. touchdowns. And the random person who has him set as their MVP <laughs> basically won like 46 grand. Wow. It was like the first one goes wow. and you're like, Okay, second one's like, oh, wow. Okay, and then the third one. Right. Come on, man. All right, Jacksonville at Denver. Uh, We can blow through this one because this will be easy. This is a gross matchup. I hate crapping on my Broncos, um, but that's going to be the whole entire season. Um, Leonard Fournette's a sleeper. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders as well. Sanders is, I still think, the number one, despite how uh, consistent Sutton is. Um, I think it's going to be rough for Sanders and Sutton this game, but um, Sanders is the old reliable, so – we're going to go ahead and put him as the sleeper against Jacksonville. Uh, Fournette, uh, without that one big run, he's having a terrible week. So um, I think I think that Leonard Fournette will be fine it, against Denver. Denver has not done a whole lot on defense, despite how good they were supposed to be. Looks like amidst the, all the trade um, action with Jalen Ramsey, too, he has a back injury, and he's also yeah. – um, going to attend the birth of a second child yeah so he'll probably be out on sunday okay well there we go then that opens the field up for sanders um and sutton then but uh, still that defense is really good uh, i'm still a little worried about it um sitting dj chark this week and Cortland Sutton. look Devonte adams struggled against chris harris and who's the only guy on that jacksonville jaguars uh, receiving core it's dj chark it's gonna be a rough week for dj um chris harris is really good guys really really good one of the most underrated corners in the league. Um, and so I think he's going to shut down Chark and Sutton. I, like I said earlier, I'm sitting. Um, we're just going to keep going through here. Dallas at New Orleans. Um, Jason Witten is my sleeper. Actually really good. Um, tight end 11 through three weeks just because he snags a touchdown or is getting some decent yards. Um, and then for New Orleans, I'm not sitting – or sorry, I'm sitting no one besides Teddy Bridgewater – 
Uh, I think I think Dallas just looks too difficult um, for Teddy B to go off again. I think this is, he's just going to be a mediocre quarterback this year. Some weeks he's going to look good. Some week some weeks he's going to look bad. Um, and I think that this is one of those weeks where he's going to struggle. Um, and I think we can just keep going here. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Um, John Ross sleeper and James Conner as a sleeper. Cincinnati's given up a lot of yards to running backs. A lot, a lot of yards. Um, and uh, I think John Ross can have a bounce back week uh, because still no one in that receiving core besides Tyler Boyd. Um, where you guys at on that one? I don't know. Um, is is are they going to continue to target John Ross? Yeah, yeah. I think they will because I mean he's a burner, right? Yeah. And Andy Dalton is kind of like this intermediate passer, or whatever, and play action, and then they just kind of and then he hits with John Ross. I mean, we saw him in the Seattle game the same play, the trickeration and stuff like that. They used a lot of different sets for John Ross too. They want him up outside. They want him up in the slot. Uh, he's running out routes. He, he kind of runs everything. Yeah. And at Washington, he was even running fades back in college. So I think that there's capacity for him to be good all the way down the field and even in the red zone. Yeah, I think so too. I think it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if if uh, defenses have started kind of keying onto John Ross. Right. He had seven catches in week one and then four and then two. on. So his catches are going down and his targets are going down. He had 12 targets week one eight targets uh week two and six week three so interesting yeah no that uh i i, I mean sure i i just think tyler boyd's gonna always be consistent play for you and is a start not as a wide receiver three or even two um and that just there's just not a lot of opportunity um outside of john ross and tyler boyd and joe mixon and i think those three guys are cemented as players that'll provide you consistent fantasy production every week besides john ross's poor uh, showing last week um, sitting Andy Dalton and I'm sitting Vance McDonald just because of the injury news and the trade for Vanette um, should Vance McDonald owners be worried yeah I mean he looked so good a couple weeks ago yeah and now and with Mason Rudolph it was like oh man he's got that safety blanket kind of like a uh, Greg Olson yeah for Kyle Allen yep. it's that same type of player yeah. uh, just more athletic as you know, the hype for him was huge coming to this year. No yeah. AB, no Le'Veon. It's going to be great. And now he's hurt. It's just like you, you were kind of always banking, banged up too. You were kind of banking on that tight end, and you drafted him maybe higher than the other tight ends too, higher than Austin Hooper, higher than these yeah. guys that are kind of blossoming. Obviously, Mark Andrews and, and Darren Waller as well. So I think if you have Vance McDonald, you're panicking because you took him higher and could have got somebody else. I'm worried about that whole team. Yeah, I agree of, with that, actually. Of, of what's really going on there? You know, they gave up a third for, for Minka Fitzpatrick. They he seem like they're going all in right. on this season. They're 0-3. And Mason Rudolph's their quarterback. Like It's just kind of curious, you know, what, what's actually going on there. Yeah. All right, uh, we're done with the matchups. We're going to do a quick um, couple games. This is just for uh, for Chase and, and Kevin. Uh, we're gonna. It's called the Battle of the Wits. Um, and actually, the whole segment's called Flex Plays Sits in the Battle of Wits, and you like that? It rhymes. Ooh. It's pretty cool. Uh, Kevin beat me last week in fantasy, like I said, so I'm currently sitting 0-1 to him. <laughs> so, so you need a dub today. This is big for me. <laughs> All right. All right, so the question is, who has more targets through three weeks? And I told them not to cheat. Mm. They probably did. So I didn't we, cheat. we did not cheat. I told him, and I was going to tell you, I'm a big, obviously, if, 
of listening, I'm a big Target guy, kind of snap share Target. Okay. So I know a lot of them off the top of my head. Okay. But I, I saw the first one, God winner, Saquon Barkley, but I didn't. we didn't look any of them up. So. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to say Saquon. This one's tough, too. Um, hmm. I'll go with Godwin. It is Chris Godwin, mm. 19 targets versus Saquon's 18. Bing, bing, bing. Point One, chase. zero, chase. Austin, can, we, can we end it now? Or? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Austin Hooper or George Kittle? Yeah, I think this is easy. You go first this time. Oh. Oh, God. Is this a trick question? Um, we'll go with Kittle. I think I, yeah, Kittle. Austin Hooper. It's Hooper. How many? Twenty-two for is Hooper it? and sixteen yeah. for George Kittle. What the heck, George? Yeah. Come on, buddy. Yeah, no. Uh, Adam Thielen or Will Fuller? Oof. That's a tough one. This is a tough one. I like this one a lot. This is my favorite one. The one. I think Thielen too. It is Will Fuller Whoa. by one. Okay. Thielen's got sixteen. Will Fuller's got seventeen. We had a wash. I mean, yeah, it was a wash. I know, right? Uh, Tyler Boyd or Cooper Cup? I know Cup has 32 or 33. This yeah, is it's one ridiculous. I'm going to go Cup. I'm going Cup, too. Tyler Boyd. By wow. Was it by one? 32 targets to Cooper Cup's 31. Was it 31? Close. Very close. All right. So Chase is still. I uh, know it's tied 1 1. Yep. All right. Uh, Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins? Mm. DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Trick question. It's even. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, I got to throw a curveball in there. <laughs> All right, uh, we got two left. Uh, Evan Ingram or Larry Fitzgerald? Fitz. Larry. Yep, Larry by one. He's got 31. Evan Ingram's got 30. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders or Lev Bell? Mm. I'm going to go Emmanuel Sanders because he had, didn't he have 10 catches two weeks ago? Oh, Le'Veon did too mm-hmm. did on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Did I just lose this? I'm taking Le'Veon. It's Emmanuel Sanders, oh! 24 to <laughs> Lev Bell's 23. All right, we got one more game. Same thing. Uh, we're going to do fantasy points instead of targets. Well, we've played this. Yeah. Who has more fantasy points through three weeks, Tom Brady or Deshaun Watson? Mm. Brady. Brady. Yep, it's Brady. And, uh, yeah, uh, not by much. It's like it's by point uh, – I think it's by 0.9. Wow. I would have thought it was ready yeah. by a lot. Uh, by the way, this is half point PPR. Okay. Should have made that clear. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Patriots defense or Mark Ingram? This is tough because both have had one big <laughs> monster week. Mm-hmm. Then, so who's had the better I'll go Pat Steve. two other weeks? Um, let's see. They've been really, really good. I'll go Mark Ingram. It's Mark Ingram. 61 nice. points to 64.9. Uh, so Chase is up 1-0. All right. Terry McLaurin or DJ Chark? Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. It is DJ oh, Chark. way. 51.7 <laughs> points for Terry and 53.2 for DJ Chark. Yeah, this boy, is so DJ. close. We're just splitting hairs yeah. on all these. <laughs> all right. Cooper Cup or Tyler Lockett? Mm. Lockett. Lockett. It's Cooper Cup. We 50. suck. 50.9 to 50.7. Oh, it's so close. 
All right, last one, Marlon Mack or Ezekiel Elliott? Marlon Mack. Yeah, I think it is Marlon Mack. It's Marlon Mack, mm-hmm. 48.5 to 46.7. Chase gets the dub tonight against Kevin. One-to-one. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show today. Um, this was a fun one. I was super pumped for this to, to happen tonight, uh, especially after the day I had. Um, but we will continue this next week with uh, another surprise guest that we have not had on the show. Um, So stay tuned for that. We'll talk tutties with you next week. Thanks, guys.